Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. The flagship podcast, twenty minute Tim's episode two hundred and eighty five, and I am joined by the milk tree man, Stephen <laughs> R. Buckle, yep. and the milky bar kid, Martin Melly. <laughs> and I'm, of course, your host, Jamie. And look, listen, what a roller coaster it's been uh, with Celtic this week. Uh, it has been stressful, to say the least. A really good, really strong victory against a really good Real Betis team in the Europa League. Ultimately gone out of the competition. Yeah. Furuhashi getting injured. Oh. Stressing my box out for 90 minutes against Motherwell. Melly, where do you want to begin this week's podcast? Oh, I think, I think we should go back to the European game because it sort of bleeds into what happened at the weekend mm. there. The, we, we changed the team to save our players and not get any injuries, yet we bring on a guy oh, and man. get the biggest injury, the, the worst one that could happen. It's such a such a weird feeling from a game because you beat Real Betis when you've got a completely changed team, mm. you have a good performance, but yet the, the result, the performance... Everything is clouded with this injury to Kyogo because it's massive. I know it's, it's a weird one, Stephen, because that is like beating Betis 3 2 with basically Celtic's second string side. That is oh, that yeah, is an effect a reserve team. That team is one of the worst teams we have put <laughs> out in a European game for a for a yeah. li- for a little while. Yeah. I mean, that's a Champions League qualifying team, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That's is really one of these cobbled together teams that we never want to see and would be tearing your hair out if that if Celtic had to field that. Yeah. But look, those boys. They took to the pitch a couple of things I like. The the way they approached the game, it was Ange's team, they carried out Ange's instructions. They put in a hell of a shift. They got the result, but you still come away feeling like it was a loss. Well, it's the it's the official, it's an old 20-minute Tim's favourite. It's the official this was the one thing we didn't want to happen moment, wasn't it? It was a real Pyrrhic victory, uh, as you know, scholars maintain it was a Pyrrhic victory. Yeah, oh a read boy. Uh, the the nature of that is that yes you've won but the losses sustained during that win are such that you're not going to win the next battle really so I uh, very very unfortunate it's, you can't get away from it it's the Aye. main takeaway from that game unfortunately as well as a, a really good performance a really exciting game as well yeah. from from 
makeshift is putting it gently. Oh, yeah, that's, sure, putting yeah. it, that's putting it respectfully, uh, <laughs> calling it a makeshift team. But it was a good win. We... When we recorded our immediate reaction in the car outside the stadium, Melly and I, we, we said... Patreon.com yes. slash 20 minute <laughs> course, yeah. Sign up, you get reaction podcasts yeah, from right the outside the podcast. Yeah. What, what we said was, yeah, it's a dead rubber game, but we may as well win it rather yeah. than lose it. <laughs> that, that's always, it's always better to win games than lose them. As that's the, how football uh, works. Yep, philosophers <laughs> said that. Mm. Uh, but the, there's no getting away from it to have lost Kyogo in such senseless... Uh, right. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a timeline of events that we need to talk about, but at the, the, the tip of everyone's tongue here is the Kyogo thing, and, you, and there's no escaping it. So we just need to address it. Was that a mistake by Ange Melly? Huge mistake. A huge mistake. Look, looking at the game, a, a Yeti going off, you're like that. Right. Okay. Again, what's the point in the guy? Mm. It's uh, unfortunate for him. He was actually trying to run and he got injured, which mm. is probably why he got injured. <laughs> Out but, of character for him, that's <laughs> 20 odd minutes into a game which you're already winning 1-0 which is a dead rubber of all dead rubbers for both teams and you bring on the one guy you can't afford to get injured Aye. because Jamakis is injured mm. the guy after mm. him Jackamakis or whatever <laughs> the guy after him is now injured and the one guy you've got left you bring on for what, what? he's going to need to play at least 70 minutes and we know how he plays yet you've got we've seen later on in the game Henderson comes on does fine yeah. Mikey Johnson comes on does fine the thing about it, Stephen, is it, it, there's no two ways about it. That game was a, a dead rubber. Ange wasn't chasing a victory in that game. And you can tell that by the team he put out, you know, with Urugidi and Scales and, and then Liam Shaw and these guys it took to the pitch. So to put, if, what boggles my mind, right, slightly, is to put your crown jewels, so to speak, on that pitch for a game that you, you admit yourself means absolutely nothing. The most important player, not only the most important player, arguably one of the best players on the team, him or Jota, it's a toss-up, really. Um, also, you, you have to factor in, it was the, he's the only fit player for that position. Yeah. The yeah. only one. You've run out of players. All the rest of them are injured. It, all the time he's played in Japan as well, before yeah. he comes to and, us. And there's a lot of things to weigh up. But part of me also thinks that no matter what happens, there is no alternative universe where Ange Postacoglu, the manager, doesn't think, might as well bring on Kyogo because I could win this. There's no, there's, there was no other way that was going to go. Knowing the way Ange approaches the game, knowing how highly he thinks of Kyogo, he's got Kyogo sitting on the bench just looking at him ready to play. There was no alternative universe that was going to go another way, was there? No, no, it's it's hard to really talk about this because I'm still I'm still reeling from it. If I'm totally honest, I've lost Kyogo because we've we found out earlier in the season, found out brutally and harshly that we can't play without him. No, there's, there's just simply no way of replacing him. Got the job done against the Motherwell, which we'll come on to a wee bit later on. But we just about got the job done. But there was a period earlier in the season where, admittedly, it came coincidentally alongside the loss of Callum McGregor as mm. well. We just couldn't play without yeah. those two guys. But they've I mean, put the crown jewels on the line sorry for that troubling image there but to, to dangle your crown jewels <laughs> out there and just beckon the, the football gods to chop them off was absolute suicide do you, think it's a, do you think it's the first big mistake Andrew's made as a manager? I do yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, on a, yeah it is in a football sense it absolutely is there's there's no getting away from it I have a I fully bought into Ange Postacoglu I don't think that really needs said no. again because I think we've all been huge fans of him on here to the point where I've, I was for, like, day, for day one I think uh, well just, just <laughs> for day bit. one but I've when you listen to some of the stuff he's done in the media recently has been absolutely brilliant and I'm thinking can I actually continue to do a podcast on this guy because the time will come where I have to criticise him and yeah. I don't know if I can yep. do it I'm in a compromised position here I don't know if I can put the boot into this guy if the time ever comes but that's the first time where I've ever been like 
I can't justify that. I mm. can't. I can't see it from the. I can't bring a different angle to it where I think, yeah, we all think this, but maybe there's a case for that. I, it, I can't just, do it. Uh, that's what I mean. It's just it's Angus style, isn't it? You think, right, yeah. I'll go for it. Why not? Why? You know what? Angus probably thinking, Kyogo can make an impact here. He's probably seen opportunities in the game that we as fans are not seeing that that Kyogo could capitalise on. He thinks it'll be a cracking game. It'll be a better game of football with him on it. And it's those those instincts that just took over a wee bit. Whereas us. And a lot of people saying, well, oh, it's easy. There'll be people sitting here going, well, it's easy with hindsight to say that you shouldn't bring Kuyogo on. But the fact is, it's no hindsight no. because yeah. the minute the minute the board went up with Kuyogo's number on it, yeah. well, even everyone was going, what are you doing? Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Even before that, Stephen will vouch for me. I was, had my hand shouting no when he was warming up. <laughs> no. On his knees. <laughs> By slow motion. Like, no. like Nicholas Cage at the end of The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the thing that also... Really annoyed me as we've got so many injuries and now and people are going nuts about hamstrings and all that. So if that's the case and a Yeti went down in this game, if Kugel's going to come on, let him warm him up for more than 30 seconds. Mm. He ran down, done a couple of runs up and down then, but straight back. It was the same with Mikey Johnson when he came on yesterday for James Forrest, a, couple, a run down, a couple of runs. Hamstrings are pinging everywhere. It's yeah. winter, and we're getting getting guys going it's on to games left that, and right. aren't, <laughs> that aren't warmed up for it properly. And even with the Kyogo thing, and okay, maybe he's the best player to come on. It might light up the game. Most fans wouldn't have cared. See if we'd have got through that game one each and mm. no injuries, it would have been better than winning three two and losing Kyogo for me. Because yeah. the bigger picture is we've got. Three away game, three or four away games before we play Rangers. We've got a tough home game against Hibs and a cup final against Hibs. That's more important than this. And the game lasted a hundred minutes, near yeah. enough. So Kyogo would have been on it for eighty minutes if it had panned out like that. So it's it was a shocking decision from Ange. And like Stephen, I don't say that lightly because I find it hard to criticise the guy because he has done it. But in this occasion. I can't see what good was ever going to come of it. And you, and you. No, it's got to go. I think. I think the thing is, there's a lot of speculation about why Celtic are picking up so many injuries. And a couple of months back, um, people on Twitter were absolutely, definitely sure, which means it's correct. They were absolutely, definitely sure the reason that we were getting so many injuries was because Celtic didn't have a head of sports science in place. Right. There's a whole medical department, and I'm sure those guys were just doing what they were always doing until the new guy came in. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure they had a, a bit of medical knowledge about them. That might have played into it. Who knows, right? But we've got that guy in place now, and we're still getting injuries. So it must mean we've hired the wrong guy, and he needs sacked immediately. <laughs> he needs to, he needs to go. Yeah. Um, another thing that, and this is based on no medical knowledge at all, just my own ramblings. I think the problem you've got here is the squad is just too thin. And that, that might seem yeah. like obvious, but for the, the high intensity approach that Ange takes to the games, the high intensity training, that's something that's come out of Celtic Park a lot. The players are talking about the, the demands that he places on his players in training and in the games. We are just burning through bodies here. And the problem is when one guy's injured, the next guy in isn't good enough. Yeah. So we need to keep relying on the same players week in, week out if you want to get results. I'm sure Ange would love nothing more than to drop Jota for a couple of games and bring in Mikey Johnson. Mikey Johnson just knocked it. Facts, and, and that's the problem. He would love for a couple of games to rest Kyogo, but yet he's not to. So he just doesn't have these options out with his starting 11. It all, look, this is all Andrew's done well coming in, getting us to this point. I didn't think we'd be doing as well, but it all just feeds back to the summer where we were going, we are wildly underprepared for everything mm. because see all these players coming in late. Pre-season is a main thing for a player when he when he's playing they need the pre-season they didn't get that under hands they didn't get up to the intensity so they're always chasing from there players that were there have been 
playing David Turnbull's played every league game for Celtic yeah. the only reason for that is because there's nobody else to play Cal McGregor's been injured Tom Rogic has been injured Ralston's been injured Greg Taylor's been out we've had Starfelt injured recently you can go right through the team every position Almost everyone and it, yeah. it's going to happen because we have so many games and because everything that went on in the summer with the lack of preparation the lack of game time like guys like Forrest and Johnson getting injured during them because we were in a mess we yeah. were in a mess and we weren't prepared think, and this is how it happens and I, I think it's obvious that I think we all knew that this Ange revolution was probably going to take more than one window oh yeah it oh, was oh, probably yeah. going to take one window and we're a bit, I feel like we're just a bit like, just, we're, we're desperate to get to January. We've been we're, desperate since the 1st of September yeah, to get to January. We, we need to get re, <laughs> these reinforcements and we need to get these bodies in. And you're looking at this this team and I don't want to take it away for this team because at the end of the day, it was the, the, those 11 guys that, that ended up getting a really strong result against Betis. And you're looking at thinking, did anyone stake a claim to, for further contribution throughout the season? May, uh, yeah, maybe one or two. I think what we said before the game on, or not at the match podcast, another plug for that, is mm. that, I think it would take something pretty extraordinary for you to come in in a game that everyone knows is under special circumstances with, you know, it's just a B team that's been thrown into for full a fixture. Mm. I think it would take something pretty out of the ordinary to think, well, that guy needs to play more yeah. going forward. There was a couple of players who stood out. There was a couple of really good performances in there. thought skills looked good. thought yeah. Shaw yeah. battled hard. I thought mm. he looked decent. Other than that, you know, there's a couple of decent performances but in there. Welsh was good. Welsh yeah, was excellent. We, we, I thought, know, yeah. we know what to, we know what he brings, but I think yeah. every every game that Welsh plays, he looks like he's improving. And you think to yourself, well, if one of the centre halves does get injured, he's oh, I'm less nervous yeah. with him dropping in. I'm very confident in Welsh. I just consider yeah, him part point. of the this, this sort of maybe a rotation of mm. defenders. We all know what the first choice is, but if Welsh was to come in for a couple of games, I've got no fears about him at all. I think he might be quite underrated in that regard. I think we when player when people talk rather about. Celtic bringing through youth products. The the tendency is to go. Ah, we brought through James Forrest, even though it was like twelve years ago, mm. or Callum McGregor, which was like six years ago, or something like that. Now, Steve Welsh never really gets mentioned. I think he's a, he's a really excellent youth yeah. product. For I know he came through in less than ideal circumstances, and he'll forever be attached to last season. But his level of performance has, has been great so far. Before we before we move too far away for the the injuries thing, I think there's a. There's a tendency at all times for everyone to want to form an immediate opinion on things. Well, right? That's how it works, mate. What happens <laughs> yeah. is someone comes in, they play three games, you decide their pitch and you're not like, on the injuries that itself, it's like people want to make a definitive case for what they think has happened. I think it's quite tricky to, to assume that Celtic are just training mentally, so we've, we're all pinging injuries. Mm. The strength of the squad is what it is. But it's going to be very difficult for any squad to sustain five hamstring injuries in a yeah. row or whatever it is. But I think there's there's probably an inherent danger in just going like, well, Celtic must be doing something weird in training. Cause I do, I, but I, I'm not saying they're doing anything because I do sort of, I think yeah. along those lines, I think we're just putting too many miles through the legs of the same players over and over and over again. It's not the years, honey, it's the mileage, That's as it. Indiana Jones once <laughs> said. Yeah, but I, I mean... I, I agree with that actually, but I think that there's a tendency in other places to assume that everyone's doing squats on like a yoga ball or something oh, like yeah. that and they're just falling over things and all that, leaving leaving weights at the on the floor and people are tripping over them. I don't think there's anything bizarre uh, going on uh, at training. You, you don't think you what you're saying is you don't think necessarily the training at Celtic is um subpar 
in Aye. any way. I don't think it's... Remember when Gary Caldwell was at Partick Thistle, he had them all kidnapped? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had them kidnapped by the SAS. Yeah, <laughs> if you don't that. know that, by the way, that's a true story. <laughs> Team Bonding, Gary Caldwell was Partick Thistle manager briefly, <laughs> and he had them all kidnapped and bundled into a van, and Aye. some of them were greeting and all yeah, that. Some of them ran. and uh, ran One guy escaped, running uh, crying away. Super <laughs> army soldiers uh, kidnapped Partick Thistle. But yeah, I, I just... I, I find it a bit you know, troublesome, a bit problematic if you if you don't detest that word. But it's like, I, I, I think people are leaping to the conclusions that nobody knows what they're doing yeah. at Celtic and like the, the the sports science is a lot of nonsense. They don't know what they're doing. They're all just running laps and busting their hamstrings See, and training. Of, not not speaking of injuries, speaking of players who who might not be fit and all that. I was um I was in the Discord, which again is the Patreon, um, a benefit of the volunteer for Patreon. It, we've mentioned it four times, patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims. If you don't know by now, it's a way for you to support this podcast in exchange for extra podcasts. So you get extra content, videos, writing and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and you can support fan-led uh, Celtic coverage. Um, James McCarthy. James McCarthy for me, um, I, watched, I watched James McCarthy the whole second half because I was slightly suspicious about his input in the game. Um, and I hate to say that players are hiding, right? But there was definitely... Because I, I just watched him. That's the only thing I did for the whole second half. Player camp. Player camp. Yeah, player Flynn. That was me. <laughs> player jam. Player jam. There we go. <laughs> I was watching him for the whole second half. Definitely moving out the way of the ball. Definitely taking up positions just behind Betis players not to get the ball. A, a couple of times, Stephen Welsh was running beyond him. He closed down. A couple of times there was recovery runs that James McCarthy just wasn't taking on. And then crucially what I noticed was when did Celtic make the triple sub? Was it about 70-odd minutes? Yeah. Mm. See about 20 minutes into the second half. James McCarthy puts his hand up to the bench. Ah, he, I seen that. he puts his hand up to the bench, right? Didn't get subbed after it. So I think, based on this, I think James McCarthy, there might be a wee bit of the sick note about him. A wee bit that I'm injured, I'm not up to fitness. If I'm being kind, what I might think the problem with James McCarthy is, I don't think James McCarthy's got enough confidence in his own fitness. That's mm. right, yeah. And I think that's maybe the reason Ange didn't sub him then. He thought, this guy needs to get, he needs to be shown to himself that his legs still work, that he's not going to bust any. He needs to be shown to himself that he's still got it in him. Now, the reality of the situation is he managed himself through the remainder of that game, doing very little. Um, I, I started doing a joke in the Discord, I'm going to, I think there was like 20 odd minutes of the game left, 30 minutes of the game left. I says, I'm going to play a game here. If James McCarthy has five more touches of the ball, <laughs> I'll shave my head than he had two in the last 20 odd minutes of the game. So I thought it, he played well, but you, prior to that, I thought the it, first half he was pinging like diagonals over the it. other side and that. And I thought, as that, the game goes on, he, he, he withdraws himself. He withdraws himself for the game, looks to get subbed, and the manager keeps him on. Then he manages himself through that. And I think to myself, I know he struggled with pre season, I know he struggled with COVID, I know he struggled with injuries and setbacks. and once a player doesn't get a good run at it, but I also think there's part of James McCarthy who's just lacking a bit of confidence in his own fitness here. There was one moment in particular in the second half where he looked to, he was about to close someone down and it, it just so happened that the seat I was occupying, he's basically facing me. Mm. So he went to run to close someone down and then changed his mind. He thought, well, I'm not going to get there, so I may as well not do yeah. it. And it, it did look like, a, I mean, it's only my opinion. I'm not, I'm not a mind reader. It's my, I know people say that about me, but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm confirmed I'm not a mind reader. But I, I just thought to myself, he's talked himself out of that there. Yeah. And it's not it's not that, oh, he's a shite bag. No, if no. we're getting into a 50-50, it's not that old trope, but it was really was a, if I go for that, something bad might happen sort of thing. Uh, and yeah. I think that, I think he's just worried that, you know, if I put on the afterburners here or if I do, my knees are going to explode. Yeah. And, and, and he's he's in the back of his head, he's thinking, he's just he just lacks a bit of confidence in himself. But you're right, I think we've, we're starting to see maybe wee glimpses of what James McCarthy can offer. I think he's a much calmer player. 
than some people are maybe expecting. He he definitely likes to play with the game in front of him and and see what's going on. And as you say, ping the diagonals and play the cute wee through balls and all that sort of stuff. But I just I did notice in that game that I think he's still struggling with with, with some form of lingering injury. Yeah. And um, see, just with McCarthy as well in that game, and then uh, in the Motherwell game at the weekend, we seen Beaton in that position. Mm. For me, I'd play McCarthy there. I don't think he quite could have played the two games back to back, but we've seen it the Motherwell game again. We spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. It just seemed a bit passive in midfield. Like yeah. it was taking too long from defenders to midfield out wide. And again, just it just seemed as if we were slowing down and slowing the build up play. Whereas when McCarthy plays, I don't get that feeling. Mm. Obviously, McGregor there would be ideal, but we simply don't have the bodies right now to be doing that. Um, I mean, We'd, we've referenced the beginning of the season a couple of times in this podcast, this particular podcast, and a couple of times in recent weeks about how we were going to approach this. Celtic ended up getting three wins in the Europa League group, nine points. I think we are one of, or if not the only team to go out mm. on, on, on that win point tally. I think you said it a couple of weeks ago, Melly, and it might have even been on a reaction pod that you're just proud now that you've got a Celtic team who can actually compete in Europe. Yep. Now, I know, you know, Neil Lennon, who does listen to this podcast, would be saying, well, look, Neil Francis Neil Francis Lennon would be saying look my Celtic team beat Lazio and all that it wasn't only a couple of years ago he would we were, say that yeah we were, he, would, <laughs> he would say that that we were doing this but last season was a major dip and it seems that Ange has got us competitive now on domestic fronts we're in the League Cup final but that European one again and I'm really glad that we managed to get a win against Betis because it just sort of shows you you know we're, we're starting to build something here yeah definitely if you're from the start of the group, you're going, oh, come on, man, mm. what a draw that was. We were speaking about Stephen. Like, That's a shocker, a draw, considering we were what, the second seed, were we? Or one of the top better seeds in there. It gets harder through context as well, now that yeah. all, you you see all these teams and how they're performing domestically. Obviously, yeah, where are they in the league? Yeah, draws yeah. on paper look hard, but then as the season plays out, you think, well, they're third in La Liga, they're second, they're fourth in Bundesliga. This, you know, it's, it was a very difficult group we got. So when you're looking at it, quite like the the Scotland qualification recently, like Scott, that was the ideal for Scotland because they got four points off the two teams about them and then they got a win over Denmark and all that. But with the Celtic thing, you looked at that from the start, right? We need six points from Ferenc Faros and then we need to try and win one of our home games and maybe if you could scrape a draw, we'd definitely be through mm. it. We just missed out on that one draw away from home or a draw by Leverkusen. But at the same time, Celtic get beaten some games, but there was pride again. You were going like, do you know what? This is the sort of start of something. We're going to go into this next season. And we know if fans are still here, most of these players will still be here. We're going to play the exact same way. Mm. But when you look at it, we go, we'll be better at it by yeah. then. But we'll be ready for these games. That first Betis game was another makeshift team patched together. And we get beat 4-3. There's been other game of the Ferenc Farris at three o'clock kickoff and all that, <laughs> all, these, that all these mental things that have happened throughout the time we had we were missing McGregor and Kyogo for a bit so just to have a bit more settled Celtic team you're going ah, we, we could make a go at this in Europe and now we've, we're in the Europa Conference bit of a tough draw but you've got something to work with there now I know the, the final game the final three of those nine points was in a quote dead rubber game but that's not the full story can't I would, tell me better than you want to win that ex game exactly I was at the game I knew that uh, if Iglesias has scored two goals they're trying to win the game you know? yeah. you're not going to turn up and just turn in nothing for, for the sake of your travelling fans and all that they were trying to win that game they had chances to 
at least draw level towards the end. So I'd, their I'd second team's better than our second team. Oh, yeah, comfortably, sure. yeah. comfortably. They've got guys, the guys that whacking played a hundred <laughs> minutes. By the way, after that conversation, that conversation we had last week about how wingers don't take anyone off after thirty, he's forty and still skinning <laughs> folks in the race. So maybe it goes back. The way <laughs> <we> <laughs> basically, he's Benjamin Button <laughs> of the of the wing world. So I. I they had, they had cracking players in there. William Carvalho, oh, who just yeah. it, it was been on the verge of one of these big moves for what feels like about five or six years. They've got, definitely got better second string than us, and that's how they got the job done. And you know, you may you may as well you may as well make a fist of it. And for a, it was a chance for those players to, as much as we've already said that I don't think anyone really you know urgently announced themselves as he's a must starter going mm. forward. So what? They'll have made some sort of impression that guys like Shaw and Scales and all that Urigidi who came in. They've all at least now made their debut. They've all put their hand up and made themselves at least a consideration to play some part. Um, Bodo Glimt, that guy for Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah, almost I had me it was going a guy there. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> um, difficult draw. It's a difficult. It's a good one for game wise. Terrible mm. one for the away day. I so mean, seven thousand stadium. Uh, so it's no great in that respect. Plus, if you're looking at this Europa Conference, you go, this is a level down. That's a draw that's kind of in the Europa League mm. level, I'd say, because they're, they're a good team. They've been doing very well recently. You've read up on them, or you've seen they beat Roma. So 6-1. Yeah. Anybody, uh, that was a second-string Roma team of sorts. But anyone who beats a Jose Mourinho team 6-1 mm. is not to be taken lightly. It's just one of those ones that could have been better, couldn't it? But I'm looking forward to the game. It's one of those where it's, it's a hard game, but it's the cusp of we still should still win because they'll be going through their sort of pre-season at a time. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
Did you hear what Brendan Rogers said about the Europa Conference League? Oh, tell me. Mm. He said, um, he says, not too sure what it is really after <laughs> he was informed in it. Snarky bastard, man. 100% <laughs> would have it on his LinkedIn uh, <laughs> if he won it. So that's that getting piled into the special filing cabinet with Marianne Schved as things that Brendan Rogers has never heard yeah. of. Yes. That's, that's terrific stuff. Um, so the best game, the main takeaway from that obviously was the, the Kyogo injury. Rangers at the moment keep winning. We have got a lot. Did you just, or oh, this? Oh, that's a, <laughs> that's a, that is a solid golden 20 minute Tim's badge. Um, uh, yeah, you can win one. What we need is a wee effect on the video here going ting. By, um, yeah. by I shouldn't have left that embarrassing, really. Leaving that, <laughs> leaving that line there. How, how do you get, you get one um, by leaving us a five star review on iTunes or Podcast Addict and include your Twitter name or just write in the comments below. Um, uh, give me a badge with your Twitter name. I'll just throw that out. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. The main the main takeaway there from the the best game was the injury to Kyogo, and then we were all shouting ourselves about the Motherwell game because, frankly, Stephen, this league title race is hotting up. Now, there's two ways to look at it. Rangers are not dropping any points, no, and they seem to have got a new manager bounce from the wee man coming in. He's uh, <laughs> simplified things, pared it back, made things a lot easier to understand, and the team of the team seem to be responding from that. They were all a bit bored with Stephen Gerrard and. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has sort of revitalised him a wee bit and that's, that's fair to say I don't think he's lost a game yet and he drew Leon is the only yeah. scratch in his card um, the other way to look at it is we're not going anywhere nope. Celtic are not Correct, going yeah. Celtic are not going anywhere and Rangers would be looking at that Betis game watching Kyogo get injured watching us have a difficult potentially sticky tie against Motherwell they come through their game at Hearts they're watching us in the afternoon thinking, right, Celtic are going to drop points here. We're not going anywhere. They're Ivan Drago and we're Rocky. That's <laughs> what this is. That's what this league is. Every time we fall down, every time something happens, Celtic are back up. Celtic are nipping at the heels. We are going absolutely nowhere in this league. That, that's a good way to look at it because Melly did that to me. He, he calmed me down when we were doing our, again, our Patreon. We did a podcast regarding the Motherwell game, uh, and which is available to listen to. But I said I was quite worried now because I think psychologically, I think you get yourself up for the so-called harder games that your mm -hmm. rivals are playing, and I think we can all agree, Tynecastle is one of those. You think, well, they could maybe take something. No, when Nick Walsh is a red. <laughs> no, no, no. And for them to be two 0 up very early on, I just gave up on it and thought, right, I can forget that. And I thought, right, I'm quite concerned about this now. But Melly's point, he, I was floating off into the distance into, into a world of pain mm -hmm. here, and he just pulled my wee balloon cord. <laughs> back down and said to me <laughs> another troubling image there. But he, he said to me the other way to look at that though is that Rangers can look at us and say well they're they're lo mm. losing all these players and they're still picking up wins and that is that is basically what we're forced to look at these games like because we're currently playing just without an attack now yeah. we're missing five to my knowledge attacking footballers and that's very very difficult to play with um, at the best of times, never mind when you're in uh, or when you're chasing um, in yeah, a title race. I mean, yeah, so it's it's difficult circumstances, but Celtic are still getting the results, and I that's mean, what counts. We're talking about this paper thin squad, and there's no doubt it's paper thin. But and just got players there who are coming in and they're stepping up and they're doing jobs for us in unfamiliar positions. And that team that we cobbled together against Motherwell, I mean, we got the job done. For, I mean. It was almost one-man team stuff at sometimes with Tommy Rogic. I think that guy's been unplayable recently. Mm. Mm. No? You disagree? <laughs> I've got here this. Hold oh, on. Geez, oh. uh, hold on, hold on. Well, he got the, got the winning goal, but I just, I just thought the rest of his play, it was wasteful. Like Who was better than him on the day? Well, the, the, I'm not saying he was bad or he's terrible, but the fact is when... Seems like a wee know, when we've got guys like Kyogo <laughs> and Jota out, 
Rogic sort of becomes the main man and when he had his goal, which was a great finish, mm. but he had three other great opportunities that mm. you'd expect a guy him. I think that's only second goal of the season eh, so far. So when you're when you're down on all these players, you want your big players to come up with. I hear all the time build a team around the guy, which I don't agree with because you can't rely on him. But if you're going to go through stages when you'd need a guy like that to step up, I thought that game was it. it Albeit he did get the goal, but for the chances he missed as well like guilt edge chances mm. that he should do better with. he's always been fond of that though those mental shots for the edge yeah. of the box way over leaning all the way back for so for somebody with absolutely flawless technique when it comes to dribbling when they hit the chin up in the air and leaning all the way back and shooting for the edge of the box scooping it about 10 but yards especially over the when it's on his right foot for a guy that's so good on his left foot he can skip them over but like Rogic was one of the better players but just when it comes to that there's going to be a point where Celtic are defending well right now so anything to nil means we should really win the game because if we can get that goal but if if we had a, they hit the bar I don't think they ever really troubled us after that but in a tougher game where the te- another team scores we need to take these chances when we're down on players and I just felt Rogic was a wee bit wasteful I don't want it to seem like I'm having a go at him Lambasts Aussie ace must do better <laughs> Have you seen Stephen he just sat there and blasted he blasted him he blasted, blasted him. Tom Rogic another troubling image <laughs> just blasted Tom Rogic right but, but he's dif- the best player on the day it's difficult for me to say that because when I look around it Tom- quite easy you went on for quite a long time <laughs> It's because I expect more from Tom Rogic, Rogic because mm. he's good. And when I look about him, I go, Mikey Johnson, a bad, uh, they're not going to do anything. Tumble up front, it's not ideal. Where the goal's going to come from, Tom Rogic has to be the main man. And I just felt he was a wee bit wasteful. Um, we can't, I mean, everybody we're talking about here, we're just basically talking about injuries. James Forrest, I'm starting to get a wee bit concerned about, about James Forrest. Um, there's no many wingers, in the, just the facts here, there's no many wingers in their 30s who can sustain many, many injuries and come back to being the player that they once were. And James Forrest was out for a long time and he's, I, I don't think he's ever been fit. I, I, I'm sure that um, no. he wasn't fit, definitely wasn't fit against Motherwell. There was a game recently, was it Hearts game he played? He had his leg taped. Yeah, down the front. I had yeah. taping on his legs for the heart, Hearts game. Obviously with Jota being out, we're, we're, we're trying to cobble together and get all hands on deck here. But I'm, I'm starting to be a wee bit worried that James Forrest, no finished, but... Worried that we're how long it's the rehabilitation for James Forrest might take longer than he's got yeah. left. Only natural, it's thing, you know, age based decline and all that. That's it. And people will point to the fact that he made a huge contribution at Hamden against St Johnston mm. to get us into the final. But again, that was off the bench as well. That yeah. wasn't like he'd been dominant the entire game. He came on and just made a, a key. A contribution on the day that we had the discussion last week about you know the if you weren't listening last week oh, come on we've we, we been bit, doing this for seven years <laughs> but well, the, the gist of it was that wingers stop taking players on when they turn when they get to I mean it tails off a cliff before you get to 30 but by the time you get to 30 it's almost gone this was a study you read this wasn't yeah, this yeah, is sorry, an opinion yeah. you came up with yeah it was a, it was a, an article in The Athletic that broke it all down for us and we get it you read it <laughs> yeah, yeah I know I, know. <laughs> I read a book a week so yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> Websites, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the I, I didn't know we were going to be hammered with it the very next week, and James yeah. Forrest was going to pull up again. The, the thing about James Forrest is that, yeah, I know a lot of people will will defend him and say that you know people were writing off Scott Brown around about this time. But what I would say is that it's a very very different position. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you were reading like James Forrest's uh, his report, you would be like, well, it says under here strengths, it's taking players on. But that's just your job, though. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Under yeah. weaknesses, you've put every other position on the pitch. <laughs> yeah. So we need. 
I'm joking about this, of course, but I think we need to get used to the idea that James Forrest isn't going to be the James Forrest of four years ago, not at his age and not coming off the back of these terrible injuries. Well, that, he, well that's it. I can't go two minutes without getting injured. Well, now. that's it. I don't yeah. doubt he's still got it in him, you know. Oh, of course. I, but I, I just think these injuries, I'm, I'm starting to get a wee bit concerned about it. It would be all alright if Abada was good, but unfortunately <laughs> he's not turned out to be a sort of replacement because, look, James Forrest is a good player. He's a good player to have, but again, kind of like Rogic and a lot of players we've got, can't rely on it to be that guy out there every week. You're mm. going to need to have somebody who's capable to come in. And right now we don't have that. Abada's played against Betis and moved over a number of positions Came into the game a wee bit towards the yeah. end, but again at the weekend, didn't take on his man. Just take on your man and see what you can I, get. I'm, and we're not doing that. Bad a lot though, and I'm I'm, I'm prepared to give a bad the benefit of youth on, on this one. You know, a bad there's no. I think a bad might be a better player than Mikey Johnson. Mikey Johnson's got years on a bad. Literally, uh, he's mm. got maybe like two or so years and earlier debuts and all that sort of stuff. Mikey Johnson's no kicked on and he's another player that, that Anne spoke about midweek talking about you know he's not going to give Mikey Johnson a chance he's, he can't I think he said I can't construct a chance for Mikey Johnson I can just train him and give him opportunities to play he comes in he's not really doing it either it's back to the squad depth thing but I'm just sorry back to Forrest Mel, I interrupted there it's just when when I seen Forrest uh, even before he got that injury he had a chance where you'd think that James Forrest a couple of years ago would have burned past that guy put it across the box or cut into the box and scored because we know he can do that but he just he just thought about it hesitated and didn't take on his man and the way Ange wants to play and the way he's got Jota playing you're like I don't know really what he wants If mm-hmm. you're, it's going to be need to be a different sort of role for James Forrest and I just don't know if that's that's available in this team right now but again we're playing him through necessity again he was playing on the left at that game and that's not his best position and he goes off after a couple of minutes and you're like what do we do now? I thought um, the Daily Record do their 100 best players in Scotland or whatever it is. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, they do it every year. And the 100, that's mental. Lot, might be, I don't know if it's, I don't read it. I just, <laughs> I know they do that. So everyone basically, they included everyone. <laughs> it, might be, it might be 50, right? right. It, what, the point I'm making here is Callum McGregor came to up and I thought, that didn't take very long, did it? You just started Callum McGregor and worked the way back yeah. because um, Callum McGregor's contribution to Celtic recently, but in the last couple of games, I thought it's been dynamite. Yeah, he's just had another one. Like, can we not just get 11 Cal McGregor's and we'll be fine? <laughs> man? Or Simple even two, two <laughs> Cal McGregor's. Again, he get moved forward a bit at the weekend, but he still puts in that 7 out of 10. But it's, he's, he's turned into the captain now. He's he's winning the ball back. Hmm. He's more physical on the pitch. He's, he, it was his direction for the free kick. Yeah. You know? And it was a great free kick. And it's nice to see that we work on those type of things because hmm. when you watch the corners, you're what are you doing here? Because some of them are terrible. But that free kick... Was a work out and McGregor was that decoy run in there. He yeah. sort of hung about there, made that decoy run, and Rogic comes in round the back. So it's good to see we're working on that. But Cal McGregor is just a class act. You see him, as I said, just growing into this captaincy role. He probably embodies everything Ange wants on the yeah. pitch. And I just I love him. I wish we could have more players like him because life would be simpler. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Ange would as well. So, you know? What a wonderful world it would be. But it's yeah, he's even one of the guys who is actually getting to the, the byline on occasion and, and getting across or a cutback in as well. I mean, the wingers aren't doing that. It's, it tends to be Callum McGregor. Callum McGregor, a simple way of putting it, is 
very good at his job. Mm-hmm. There we go. Um, Searing insight once again yeah. from uh, your boys here. Hey, patreon.com <laughs> for more of this. 20 minutes. Look, we are not a fact-based podcast even. We are, oh, God, no. We are patter-based. Oh, yeah. You tune in for the XP, the expected pattern <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, Cal McGregor is... Think we're outperforming it this week or is there, <laughs> is there a discrepancy in there? No, there? we've been <laughs> subpar for a long, long time. Um, Cal McGregor's good at his job, as I say, is one man who was patently... Not good at his job. Who was wait, who? Wait, who was the referee? What was oh, his name? The only reason I knew is because I got a program and I could. Stephen was like that referee, and I got, I got you and Anderson. Uh, as yeah, if I knew who he was. I have no idea. He. I don't know if I don't know if what they're doing now, right? If you know when referees get criticised in this uh, this life of ours, when what they do is they very maturely and professionally have a backlash against it <laughs> the, themselves. And I think what the thing is, Celtic are making a lot of criticisms of referees Celtic fans so referees are like, right okay well we're just going to referee you at the letter so the referees go into the Celtic games all jacked up all ready to blow whistles and give free kicks and blah 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 and if a Celtic player gets able let that one he looked like a guy that won a competition to referee a game the pinnacle of the refereeing decisions was not booking the Motherwell players Mugabe and there was right. another one Slattery that guy mm. both of them could have been off the pinnacle for me was m- entirely missing what Celtic did with their well-worked oh my corner. Yep. Uh, you can't use it again now. We can't use it. You know, so, uh, when when David Turnbull, was it David Turnbull initially? Was it I think it was Greg Taylor. Greg Taylor <laughs> plays the ball a wee bit out the D, right? And then David Turnbull runs and then he so he did the dummy corner thing, David Turnbull. And the referee blows it back and goes, oh, t- take that again. And the referee thinks either two things happened there, right? Mm-hmm. The referee thinks... A professional footballer took a corner to himself (laughs) and tried to dribble out like a wee boy playing five asides, right? Or he called it back because the ball wasn't in the D thing, right? Yeah. But uh, the... the, That's the point. But but the linesman's also there, isn't he? He was the other side. Was he the other side? So there's no... That's one of these ones where people, referees make mistakes all the time. Yeah, sure, and, I, and I'll accept that. Go on and tell me what you think happened there. See, we used to do that when uh, I was coaching with the under-12s, mm. but we'd always say to the ref before it, ref, we might do this wee thing with the corner. Mm. But you don't need to tell a professional ref to watch <laughs> no. the ball when there's a corner being taken. It, it was a shocker. See the Mugabe and the Slattery ones as well? Saying they maybe should have been sent off is harsh, but it's the fact that they're blatantly having foul after foul and mm. not getting booked allowing them to make other fouls in the game which stops Celtic getting yes. ahead the Mugabe one there was one I was like I can't believe he's not booked him there he pulled somebody back in the middle of pitch which stopped a counter attack I'm sure like, this is what we're complaining about again we're complaining when we win mm. not when we lose it's not sour grapes but again the opposition manager got booked because he yeah. was going nuts at the ref as well. And then he, sh- season, then he shat it after yeah. the game when he was getting interviewed. He, he went back on it, uh, Graham Alexander. But during the game, because I was over behind the dugouts this week, and he was going nuts for the whole game. Going nuts at the fourth official. Yes, I was in with the Tories. <laughs> 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 he was going nuts at the fourth official. Your pals. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not as if it's just Celtic complaining. Who, who was it? Like, uh, Robbie Nielsen got yep. booked last uh, week yeah. as well at Celtic. Oh, he's Park. cracking up as well. Like, every, yeah. Basically every post-match, he is about to combust like, about the referees. Eh? Yeah. I, I never thought I'd say this either, but after that last week, Monday Sports Sound had Craig Levine on it. I want to hear more from Craig. He <laughs> was going nuts at Do you know what? Uh, we didn't even get a chance to talk about that. So Craig Levine was on BBC Sports Sound and what I found extraordinary, right? Craig Levine was pointing to a game where he was on a he was on the touchline, right, as a manager. 
against Dundee, a very famous game, uh, Rangers against Dundee United. And even at the match, after the game, he went, well, today was all about Rangers. The, the referee made so many blatant errors, right, that you you can't just say they were all mistakes. It's ins- it's gaslighting to say that all these things were mistakes, right? That's what it was. And Craig Levine was then talking about that on the radio, and he was like, look, they, I, you know, I heard that Craig Levine, who's in football, by the way, he's not on the internet finding this out. He's, he's in, he moves in the circle. He's like, I heard that the manager of Scotland. Uh, he goes, hey, that it was Mike McCurry's last game. He was a Rangers fan. He was given the, the and, to, and Tom English was just like, I'm not having this. I'm not having any. Not only is he not having a discussion about bias, but he's not having. He goes, you can't call a referee incompetent. And you think to yourself, well, what's left? What genuinely what's left? And why are they afforded this? Mad. They're just part-time guys. Yeah. They're part-time workers in a full-time gig, and there's just it's it's so extraordinary to me that they're just afforded so much protection. You're not allowed to say they're biased because paranoid. They are. <laughs> but, 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 but not. You know, I'm not saying there's a grand conspiracy, but Mike McCurry is a dyed-in-the-wool Rangers fan. He went on to do Rangers fan events and all that after this sort of thing, and he was given his last game at Ibrox as a present. And if you just watch the performance, like. It doesn't take Columbo. To, you know what I mean? It's no it's not the wild leap that it sounds. Um I'm not saying these referees are biased against Celtic, but that game against was it the Hearts game? Kyogo scored the offside. Yeah, and yeah. then the Dundee United game, we were given what, like <laughs> four or something like four God. times as many offside calls as we had been all season off the back of Kyogo scoring an offside goal. So the head of refs is on sports. The, the head of refs right. is on sports sound talking about it for the first time in God knows how long. So this all feeds in. There's there's this notion, I think amongst Scottish football journalists that referees just go about their job. They're not influenced at all by outside influence or anything. They just do the job to the letter of the law and then that's it. That's bollocks. Yeah. That's bollocks. I think during that, that BBC segment you're talking about when Craig Levine started hinting towards refereeing conspiracies, the BBC were frantically looking around for like some sort of emergency test signal that they've no used <laughs> since World War II. <laughs> just to pull <laughs> Craig Levine's the back of his chair. Look, I'm not saying there's like some grand conspiracy. There might be, right? But there's... To this notion in the in the mainstream media that you can't say that referee had a shocking game. Why? Def- I don't understand why there's a compulsion to defend it. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand. But are you know like for the better of the game, are we not supposed to call this stuff out? I think people are maybe terrified that if you start opening your mind to or or publicly opening your mind to that you might just be opening a can of worms that will never close and we'll, we'll be talking about refereeing conspiracies forever I I'm suppose not talking about the I'm not talking about the conspiracies as much Stephen I'm talking about after that game why were people not they're always so so say a manager makes a mistake hammered player makes a mistake hammered referee is a bad game oh well, you better watch what you say yeah, and you know, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, you, yeah, you could yeah. have seen that it's open to interpretation and blah 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 no you're right that is different I, I think People have long called for referees to have some sort of public accountability to come mm. out and explain their decisions. I don't know what good that would do, really. There, well, there was the there was SFA whistleblower website, which yeah, lasted yeah. for a season <laughs> until they just, li- I think they lied on it. <laughs> it turned <laughs> into a MySpace blog. Snacks everywhere. Uh, <laughs> a, a, a Facebook Referees post. posting Peaky Blinders memes <laughs> about, about loyalty and all that. I just, I just tell it how it is. stuff <laughs> 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 If I don't like you, I'll say it to your face uh, over, no, that's a, pic- where, that, over a picture of Tom Hardy. Yeah, that's where yeah. that's where Q Dallas posted the Pope meme. <laughs> Imagine it was happening now. It. John Beaton does his report and signs at the bottom. John Beaton, W A T P. Anyway, look, let's wrangle this back on yes. point. The referees recently have been appalling. I, when I, t- I don't I don't want to be cruel here, but when I turned up to You're the game, doing it? yes, I, w- I walked out into the into the 
area of the stadium, but through the concourse, I came out and I saw the referees warming up because that's where they often are mm. when, when Mel and I arrive. We walk out to the wee bit and they're right there. They do their wee shuttle runs and all that. And I, I don't want to be unkind here, but the three of them looked absolutely terrible doing it. I thought that one of them looked as if he'd had a recent hip replacement <laughs> or a wooden leg or something like that. He was just doing weird, weird runs. And I don't know who he is. I, I, again, I don't want to be a dick about it, but I'm just like, well, hold on. This... I know it's, it's a not physical element. To yes, this. it's not full time, granted, but it is. It, yeah, it is ultimately an athletic endeavour to mm. be a semi-professional, a top flight. Let's put it top flight because it's not professional. A top flight referee at some sort of level of football, you need to be fit, and they just didn't look it. To be perfectly honest, you need to be physically fit, but you also need to be mentally engaged <laughs> on the ball. That you need to be mentally engaged on the ball. Look, we just want to finish up. Um, we can't go away for the game without talking about the the silent protests as well as the the backlash and then the backlash against the backlash oh, and then absolutely everyone on social media having a, a completely normal one about it. Um, it's yeah. uh, let's let's rise above all the nonsense that that we've been seeing on social media and just give our own honest opinions on this. It's long past time that the club need to engage with fans on this. There's a there's a phrase that we use quite often um, when we're pissed off with the way things are going in the club, and it's the club don't treat us like fans, they treat us like customers. Well, now, I don't know what's lower than a customer because the club are just not listening to their customers at this point. We on this podcast signed um, a joint letter that was produced by Fans Against Criminalisation and North Cove and all that about, you know, Bernard Higgins and uh, not being appointed to to Celtic. Um, and it's, it's, it's really... The argument doesn't really go beyond that. He just he just can't get the job. No, and really every Celtic... It's analysis. really that... There's, no. It's really, really that simple for the fans. The guy can't get the job. He shouldn't be anywhere near Celtic. He made his bed. And if, if the choices he made back in his previous career have impacted future employment opportunities, if the choices he made in his life have impacted future employment poss- opportunities for him... And welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. I, yeah. Uh, too bad. And Do, Doing the, this affects my future employment. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing, the, 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 the Don Raids and the rest of these guys that went to the football has affected their life and affected yep. their future employment possibilities. So what Bernard Higgins... Is experiencing right now is the consequences of his actions, frankly. And the there's, life, yeah, that's <laughs> life, baby. And there's just no way that the Celtic can uh, employ this guy now. I saw another Twitter account. I can't remember who it was, but I thought they made a great point. And they said it's it's gone to the point where now Celtic almost lack leadership here. It's like there's nobody really in charge. And I think about mainly what's been happening at Celtic the past couple of weeks, not a couple of weeks, couple of months, maybe a year now. Things are good with Ange, right? Front of house, everything's yep. fine. But at the back, we're still this debate about directors of football. It still took his months to hire a head of sports science. Michael Nicholson was put in temporary charge of temporary CEO. Whatever he is, is he the is he the CEO? Is he going to continue? There's all this stuff happening behind the scenes. Ange still keeps talking about the work that needs done behind the scenes, and it does look like just a, a club that lacks leadership. Because the silent protest in Mappet was fine. It was mild. It, yeah, was, it, yeah. was, it was mild and I don't buy into it, oh, it affected the performance and all this sort of stuff honestly I don't even want to go down that road but just come to the, the club now need to come to the table and speak to these fans groups and say look here's what our thoughts and we'll just say well you can't get the job yeah the, the, it's as simple as that I mean we could go long winded here but the basic I was pretty long winded well <laughs> the basic fact of it is they can't go through with us I do appreciate that I mean we can't really get it twisted here we can't 
expect Celtic to issue a statement based on this. The club can't come out publicly and say we are not appointing this man. They, they can't say they can't name him. Yeah, yeah they, that's my point. Yeah, they, they, can, they can't do that because there will be legal implications in that. You can't come out and say we are not employing this guy because if I was him, I'd be like, and I'm not. <laughs> if I was him, I'd be like, hey Celtic, don't be naming me in official statements. Also, doesn't make sense to release a statement saying we're not signing this person who we're not we're not employing. Correct. You know, you know. So that's not coming. But what can happen is either some sort of private meeting with supporters groups or just issuing a statement saying the search is ongoing for yeah. this role, something like that. The, the search have is to ongoing. Um, there's been a lot of speculation in public and in the media about candidates for this role and we just want to state for the record that names associated with this role in the public domain aren't being considered. Yeah, something yeah. something along those lines, something just that washes over Yeah, it. As, as much as we're talking about this individual's own actions impacting his future employment. Celtic can't do something that affects his they can't future. Throw that, yes, they can't they, throw a guy. They, uh, they, they can't do something that then affects his future employment because he because he's nothing to do with Celtic. He, exactly. So they, they can't name him in anything official. So just don't, don't expect that. Is my, is my point? Mm. But, but that that doesn't mean Celtic can't do anything about it. And they boy, they they absolutely have to step up and do something. Again, it's just treated with total contempt again same yeah. as last season we know better than you if we were going to do this we'll keep we'll not give in a mob rule or anything but this has been a peaceful silent protest yeah. so there's never been anything in my lifetime supporting Celtic or even out with like maybe Newcastle fans with Mike Ashley or that sort of yeah. thing but there's never been an appointment that's been rumoured to be happening where so many Celtic fans have come together and said this can't, simply mm. cannot happen but if the board were to go against it now and appoint them, would be utter madness. But at the same time, you're thinking about why is it taking so long for them to come out and say that whatever, the, however they do so it. Long to do everything. It takes them absolutely ages to do everything. I, I just, I think it's, it's sort of what you're saying is everything's going well on the pitch apart from the injuries. Mm. All the fans are behind this. Celtic fans have sold out season tickets again. We've all done our bit again. Yet again, behind the scenes is a mess because yeah. again, look, even when we go back to the 1st of September, we were like, right, we've got the players, uh, some amount of players in, let's get the rest of the stuff we were told we were going to get yeah. in. And we've not done any of it. We've brought in one guy and Dom McKay's left since then. And it's Who? just, it's oh, as if it didn't happen. <laughs> it's as if it didn't happen. So this is just another thing. Like, just get your shit together, Celtic. We are trying. Players are trying. You need to do it as well. This guy cannot be anywhere near the club. It's toxic and it's going to ruin what could be a great season. What I said at the time of the first sort of, the beginnings of the protest, remember there was a Livingston game where I think, was that the half hour silence? Yeah. And then they burst into song. And then shortly after that was the tennis balls thing. And we spoke about it at the time. What I said at the time was I support anyone's right to do these things. Yes. If it's a peaceful protest, no one's getting hurt. It's just disrupting some football crack on and do it and I, I will stick to that I will support anyone's right to protest against something they strongly feel is immoral or not right or whatever this just, is immoral as well correct so exactly so I, <laughs> I support everyone's right to do that the knock on effect into the stadium isn't great either because mm. now we've got people chanting you can stick your silent protest up your ass above I, it so, I don't know why you would do that to me. well the, the irony being that you can sing anything you want, but that's what you've chosen to sing. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't want to have a go at these people either because it's a tense situation. It's a complicated situation. And we're watching Celtic play at the time and we're all trying to, we're trying to just go about our lives and enjoy the football. And this is all going on around about us. I don't buy into the, th the fact that it's affecting the team. Nah. I, like, 
does it does it matter? Yes, but mm. uh, but is it the difference between winning and drawing and drawing and losing? I, I can't buy into that at all. I think there's always a more logical explanation. Correlation doesn't equal causation. Right? It doesn't just because the performances go down slightly, and alongside this protest doesn't mean that's what's causing it. There's always a lot more logical explanation, and it is that we don't have any attacking footballers <laughs> yeah. at the moment. Right? <laughs> yeah. We've, we've yeah. not got a striker. It's like, remember, <clears throat> Neil Lennon, as part of his defence of what happened last season, he said that Liverpool had fallen off a cliff as well, and it was just so, well, you know, COVID's weird now, football's mm. weird. But it didn't really take into account that Liverpool weren't as good as Man City anyway, and they didn't have a defence for most of the season. Yep. So as a result, they didn't have a defence. The midfield had to play in defence, so they didn't have a midfield either. That's why they were losing games. and. The reason Celtic toiled or maybe looked a little bit lethargic to me wasn't because of songs about meeting guys in the Gallagate and all that. It was because the squad stretched. That's it. So, and, and that, that's it. And look, you're ruining Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You're, is that what you want? Is that what you want? Celtic board, you're ruining Christmas. Um, speaking of Christmas, um, packed fixture schedule for Ooh, us over on patreon.com yep. 23rd of December we are having a live Patreon Christmas party we had it last year it was a lot of fun just sign up to Patreon you can take part you can join us in the show there'll be quiz and prizes and all that it's going to be absolutely smashing whole lot of fun prizes to be won a whole won. lot of fun prizes to be won and on that bombshell <laughs> we shall wrap up Melly would you like to say goodbye goodbye Stephen, would you like to say goodbye? Nice bookends there because we started with a reference from the 80s and then we finished with <laughs> yeah. a, a reference to a long-forgotten game show from the 90s as well. So we're really doing it for the teenagers again this week. So yes, goodbye. Thanks for listening, folks. And watching indeed. Thanks for listening and watching. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.